0: Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and its local missions fellowship, the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. If you're looking for a place to give to that's taking the gospel in direct and personal evangelism throughout the world, I'd ask you to consider giving to Church Partnership Evangelism. You can learn more about the work we're doing by going to traincpe.org and to learn about our ministry in Boise. Go to breadoflifeboise.org. In Romans chapter 2, verses 1-5, through five, Paul is addressing the moralist who pridefully thinks that he can gain heaven by his good works and who believes the blessings in his life prove that he's on good terms with God. Paul says, no, you're wrong. God is blessing you because he's gracious and he is merciful. You're getting what you don't deserve and not getting the wrath you do deserve Because God is seeking to draw you to himself with his goodness. To ignore this invitation from God is to discount and snub his goodness. That the purpose of all the common graces in your life, taste buds, color for your vision, order in your world, enjoyment in relationships, whatever it is, that they are all expressions of God's desire to bring you to himself, that this goodness of God is not indiscriminate, and it's it's not like God just said, let's just be good to everybody, without any purpose or design, that God's goodness was intentional and purpose and designed to set upon the heart of every individual in order to turn him away from himself and turn him in repentance completely upon God. God is, by the way, not deploying a useless strategy here he knows what he's doing. The person who truly counts the benefits of God, listen to this. The person who truly counts the benefits of God towards their life, and they count them not as a deserved payoff for their good deeds or commendable life, but as an undeserved grace and in the place of great deserved judgment from God, a God who is long been patient in acting this way towards them, the person who sees it in this way and begins to see the goodness of God in this way, when they honestly consider the benefits of their life in this way, they're on their way. They're on their way to repenting and turning and yielding their life to God. When you recognize and see it in that way, oh, this is from God and I don't deserve it. Oh, this is from God and I deserve something worse. And God has been doing this all throughout my life. When you're willing to reach that conclusion and see those things, you're on your way to turning from yourself and turning to Him. The motivating factor, a spring from which repentance rises in our life, is gratitude. That's why in Romans chapter 1, when Paul is describing the descent of a society into moral decay, it says not only they knew God in verse 21, but they weren't thankful, they weren't grateful. It's gratitude that turns us into full repentance to God. It's the spring that authors, you might say, this repentance that turns completely from ourselves and our own devices to just believe and trust in what God has promised to give us in himself and to receive it. So this is the point that's being made. This is the idea. Think about that. God loves you. God loves my neighbor. God loves the person that I have identified as being in the wretched state of ultimate decay because of their moral failures and God is good to them God is good to them just like he's good to me and God is restraining judgment upon them as he does with me God does all of that because he wants them to turn into him and you know why He does it to me because he wants the same thing he wants the same thing you know the essence of the Christian life is A Christian is, the Puritans used to say this of the Christian. They had a name for a Christian. A Christian was a repenter. (laughs) He was a repenter. It wasn't a bad word to them. It wasn't a person that was beating their breast and just saying, I'm just a miserable person and self-flagellating themselves. It was just a person who turned from their own selfish impulses to God who loved them and wanted to selflessly give his life to them. They were repenters who turned from self into God. Here's the third thing that Paul now says in the argument. He wants the moralists to understand. He tells the moralists, You think that you've been adding up all these good things in your life to prove that you're a good person, right with God, but in reality, this is what's been taking place. You have been depreciating or undervaluing, deprecating the grace and mercy and long suffering of God. God has richly been pouring goodness upon you. God has richly been pouring out his forbearance and his mercy upon you. God has richly been surrounding you with the enduring expressions of his patience or long suffering with you and you've ignored it. You've discounted it. That's what it means when it says you've despised. The word despised means you've undervalued it. This isn't worth very much. You know what's worth a lot? My good deeds. My moral superiority, that's the currency that I'll buy heaven with. How good I am. The whole time you've been devaluing what God has been richly pouring out upon your life. That's, That's what Paul is saying here. In a sense, what's going on here is you've been snubbing the goodness of God while you've been willing to enjoy the benefits of God's grace and God's mercy and even declare that it proves your own moral superiority. You've actually been willfully ignorant of. You have been willfully not willing to reason out and understand its design. It says there in verse 5, not knowing that God's goodness leads to repentance. And what we need to understand here is he's not saying completely ignorant, not having a clue. That's not what he's saying. Because just prior to this he said they suppress the truth and unrighteousness in verse 18 of chapter 1. Then he starts by describing this. You have been despising or undervaluing the richness of the goodness and forbearance and the patience of God. And so not knowing is a descriptor for those two behaviors. In other words, what he's basically saying is you have been willfully ignorant. You have put out of your mind. You've not been willing to consider what God has been doing all along in your life. You've been suppressing his goodness towards you. It's the outcome of devaluing and depreciating and snubbing the goodness of God. You see that too as well. God is good and God is rich. And people grumble. They don't understand how good God has been to them. When they do find and identify the goodness, you know what their conclusion is? I must be a good person. Ha <laughs> I'm better than that guy because look how good my life is. And oh, they're not understanding If they only were thankful and grateful, they would turn to God and away from themselves. see, oh, God is not validating me. God is inviting me. God is wooing me to himself. Again, we see this all over the place. I want to look outside the world and see this in the world around me, but the fact is I can look in my own life and see it in my own life. How often it is for me to bypass gratitude and thankfulness and complain instead when God has been so good to us. And then you look at the world around you and you see them taking hold of and gaining and capturing something, some expression of God's goodness and, and celebrating it, but then applying it a way that doesn't add up to what God was doing. Some years ago, there was a documentary on how people sang the song Amazing Grace. That's a tremendous song. You know, it's sung or played, you know, with a bagpipe at almost, you know, half of the funerals nowadays, right? Wonderful words, profound words, and the people are singing them, and you realize they're singing it as kind of a sentimental meditation of a good life, but they're not paying attention to the words. They're not even really considering and trying to understand what it's saying. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind, but now I see. It was grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieved. What does all that mean? It means I wasn't deserving. Grace means I'm not deserving of these things. It means that I deserve God's judgment. And God forbear with me. And God was calling me to turn and repent to him. Ask people as they sing this song if that's what they get out of it. They don't. You know why? They want to sing the tune of goodness, they want to live under the sound of goodness and benefit from the goodness but they don't really want to understand. They don't want to understand what's calling from their lives, the imitation that's there. Paul says the a result of that, because you're cataloging all these things to substantiate your own goodness, you're actually not gathering up and collecting the riches of God's grace for your life, but instead what you're storing up is greater and greater judgment from God. That's his fourth point. You're establishing a greater and greater judgment for yourself because you're not turning to God in the midst of his goodness. You're not following where it is trying to lead you. And there's going to be a final day, he says, it's going to come when everyone is going to be forced to stand before God as judge. And at that time, they'll see that they're not righteous. That it wasn't an indication of how good they were. And to discover that God is absolutely righteous in all of his judgments. That great reservoir of blessing that's come your way as a steady stream. Behind that river of goodness that was flowing to you. Was a dam of judgment that you deserved That was held back from you. And you were willing to live your life receiving God's goodness and his grace to sustain you and go with you. And then you told yourself it's because you were a good person and you never turned to him and you denied him and Paul is saying one day listen the dam is going to break and you're going to be swept away in judgment you moralist who think you're good by your own moral behavior and better than others you're in need of his salvation a salvation that comes from the Lord Jesus himself and by believing in him Here's our application. It's very quick. Let God's goodness in your life take you to the right place. Let God's mercy in your life take you to the right place. Away from yourself. Away from your own sinful pursuits. To Him and His life and His satisfaction and His cleansing and an unending relationship with Him. You don't deserve all that God has done for you. He's loved you with great patience. Now turn to Him. Do an about face from yourself and fall on Him for your salvation in your life. And here's one other application. Praise such a righteous and good God. Praise such a righteous and good God. A God whose impulse is to constrain people to come to him and who constrains them or calls them with goodness, with mercy, with patience. He does this very patiently. What a good God! He doesn't drive us to him with the lash, he lures us to him with love. What a good and merciful God. Let's bow our heads. And with the psalmist we say, God is good to all and his tender mercies are over all. Dear God, teach us. Teach us daily to survey our lives in the midst of the challenges, in the face of hardships. Help us to see how you are reaching us and seeking us and seeking to gain our hearts by your goodness. Lord, we thank you for other words that you've said to describe the same thing. You told your people in Israel that you had loved them with an everlasting love and therefore you had drawn them with loving kindness. I wanna direct you now to a different website at the end of our broadcast than I usually do. First Corinthians chapter 13 verse five commands that the Christian test themselves to see if they're in the faith. In answer to this command and with the desire to bring Christians into a sound and true assurance of saving faith, we've developed a website and a book for this purpose. Go to SavingEvangelicals.com and take the test and order the book by the same name, Saving Evangelicals. I can't think of a more important book for our day. Again, thanks for listening to the Bread of Life. Until the next time, may God bless you.